Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Guna podcast uh, because I am speaking with Ivan Merck, a Russian Arsenal blogger and uh, Premier League observer who uh, I, this is Kevin Witcher, um, your host, and we have uh, regular contact on uh, Arsenal matters and uh, I thought it would be interesting for the uh, Guna uh, website uh, uh, website people to hear what uh, the view is from uh, from Russia because it's not one we are normally exposed to and uh, uh, Ivan's always got uh, interesting views on uh, our team. So uh, firstly uh, welcome Ivan. Thank you Kevin for invitation and I would like to say a very warm welcome to you and to the listeners. And for for the beginning, Kevin, I would like to give you and our listeners uh, some kind of poll. We will not give an answer now, but we mm. will discuss it later. So the question is, if you will be told that Arsenal next eight season will be on the following position. 1, 4, 1, 4, 10, 4, 12, and 5. Will you accept it? Once again, the positions. 1 is first place, yes. 4, 1, 4, 10, 4, 12, and 5. So uh, I think everybody can uh, think about will they accept it? And we will reveal the real answer later. So let me just clarify that. That's 1. First, fourth. First place, then fourth place, then first, then fourth, yeah. then tenth, yeah. fourth, twelfth, and fifth. Okay, so basically Arsenal will win two titles mm-hmm. and they will make the top four on three other occasions and they will spend three seasons out of the top four and not make Champions League. Yes. yes. Um, okay. And uh, this is just a general question about Arsenal. It's irrelevant to who's managing the team. It's just about Absolutely. expectations. It's expectation. You were as a Guna right. in 2018. Okay, interesting. All right, so we'll, we'll answer that one later then. Uh, or I'll, I'll put a poll up on the, uh, on the Twitter feed as well and uh, we'll see what reaction we get there. Um, so, I mean, firstly, uh, how does... Uh, a Russian football enthusiast start following Arsenal. What's the the history here? Listen, it's a different story for different people. Um, In my view, um, the first serious wave was, of course, in the season uh, 2003 and 2004, definitely, the Invincibles. And uh, then maybe the second big wave was in 2009 after, after Andrei Arshavin joined the club. Uh, so it's difficult to say how it works now because um, uh, if I'm in neutral, for example, I don't understand how can you choose Arsenal over another clubs. And the tendency is uh, that uh, we have uh, less uh, supporters every year. So we are losing the supporters every year. 
Okay, so the, 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 the football fans in Russia, they can switch between their foreign teams. There's not a, a huge loyalty where they will stick with one Premier League team once they start following them. No, no. I mean, the young people who are starting to watch English football and right. they are trying to, to choose his team. So less so, of the young people are... Yes. No, definitely we are like English. Uh, we can change wife and we can uh, cannot change the club. Right, I understand. Okay. And this is obviously linked to the uh, profile of the club. Now, you know, they do historically, they have been in, in Champions League. They've had exposure. They've been in a lot of big Premier League television matches. But the reality is they haven't challenged in either of those competitions. So I'm assuming that these younger people of which you talk are now following the sides that are winning the Premier League. I agree with you, yes. Okay. More, more. We are losing the supporters. So I, I see it. Right. The, the people uh, walk away from Arsenal. Okay. Who supported, for example, 10 years, 15 years, yeah. 20 years. They can't see it anymore. Right, so they just can't watch. And do they just not watch? Do they, they continue to watch Premier League, but they, they just they don't have a team? Sometimes, yes, sometimes no. Because when you lose your team, it's not very interesting to watch Premier League uh, as a neutral. So, okay, it's interesting, but it's a different story when yeah. you have your own team. Mm, okay. And uh, presumably, um, every Premier League match is broadcast in, in Russia these days? Almost yes, not each match, of course, but if you support big team, you can see, I don't know, maybe 95% of matches, except maybe League Cup this season. But it's uh, satellite TV, so it's payable. I pay uh, a month around maybe £10 a month. Okay. And uh, what's the... I mean, what, how does that compare, for example, with the Invincible season? Was it the same then? You could watch 95% of Arsenal's matches? To be honest, I don't remember what was with the Russian television in um, 2004, but I believe it was uh, plus minus the same. Right. Okay. So it's a long-running thing. Uh, the Premier League has, has marketed the, the matches very well. And the exposure is there if people want it. Yes, yes. So uh, there's a, a big growth in, in the, the audience for Arsenal in Russia and, and those who supported Arsenal as their English team because of the Invincibles. Um, and there was another wave because of Andrei Arshavin. Yes, I think so. Okay. Now, um, one of the things I perceive from what you have uh, told me is that uh, what we will call the desire for Arsene Wenger to move on seemed to start much earlier in Russia amongst a much larger percentage of the fan base than has happened here in England. Would you say I've understood that correctly? Listen, we're not uh, in the sociology, so I'm not uh, able to, um, to tell you exactly how it happened, but 
definitely that uh, Russian gunners started to realize what's going on, I don't know, maybe seven, eight, nine years ago. Maybe it's the same story as in England. Firstly, very small percentage, then a little bit uh, bigger than uh, the uh, FA Cup, which stopped maybe this story, this growth. And now, now, these days, I believe uh, definitely 60-65% are waiting for Wenger to go, maybe more. I don't uh, make any polls on it because uh, it's absolutely obvious um, when you read what people are saying, comments, uh, exactly. Very small amount of the guys who are supporting Wenger blindly. And more important that um, they are not so loud as usual. Yes, they, they haven't got. So a, it's so overwhelming story. They, they haven't got a lot to uh, really defend uh, their position with these days. So. Absolutely, I don't understand uh, what will be your arguments today. Yes, um, well, fear of the unknown seems to be what uh, we get here. You know, could could anyone do better? Which to me is a ridiculous question. Um, could anyone do better in Arsenal than Arsene Wenger, you mean? But people do say that. It's, it's, mm. I do believe that uh, at least there are 100 coaches who is ready to challenging top four with a budget of 350 million pounds. Um, so, I mean, tell me a little bit about um, your blogging. I mean, what what do you write about uh, and how often do you blog? It depends on games. So I'm writing uh, previews and uh, small posts of, the, of each game and then some uh, analytics, uh, maybe not often, once, twice a month. But these days is. Uh, this situation is so obvious, so um, I don't think that it is necessary to explain something people or to show them because uh, everybody understands, mostly, okay, mostly, uh, understands what's going on, who is Mr. Wenger, who is Mr. Kronke, what's going on in reality, and uh, the general perception is that we are all poisoned, and uh, we are waiting for the saving, let's say. So we're all poisoned. Some people are dying already, I mean, in terms of uh, uh, supporting Arsenal. Mm. And the vast majority poisoned already. So uh, the only thing that can help to these people. I'm sure it's not only in Russia, I'm sure it's all over the world, given the flash mob which uh, was at internet uh, this spring, we understand that uh, all over the world um, intelligent people want Wenger out. Mm. So we need for, we need a remedy and there is only one remedy. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest, I'm not optimist uh, in this because in my view um, there is no option for Wenger to go uh, summer 18th 
And uh, I don't know, maybe 5% I will give that Wenger will go summer 19th. Uh, because uh, the story, in my view, is that uh, Mr. Wenger needs to work. Yes. He needs to work. And if you have 9 million uh, a year, let's say, uh, doesn't matter, 8, 9, 10, but okay, enough money. Uh, for doing what you want to do with zero accountability and zero responsibility. Kevin, it's a job you will never turn down and you will never turn down and I will never turn down. So the discussion on will Wenger go is discussion about nothing because Wenger himself will never go. There is no reason for him to go because he got what he want. So he need a help from somebody. Somebody need to help him to go. Who is this somebody? Tell me the name. Well, I mean, Who's? It's, it's basically, it's a, it's a two-way process. Um, two, two sets of people want to Wenger to continue as, as, as manager one of them is the man himself. The other one is presumably Stan Kroenke. Okay. Stan Kroenke. Okay, let's talk on Stan Kroenke. Listen, uh, Stan Kroenke has uh, eight years uh, in the club, uh, as uh, seven years, okay, as a majority shareholder. He gave us some information sometimes through the uh, Daily Telegraph, and uh, we understand what's going on completely. Mr. Kroenke said that Arsenal is not business for him because the, there are a lot of uh, much easier ways to earn money. I completely agree with it. Uh, the idea that uh, Kronke um, regards Arsenal as a cash cow is a nonsense because Arsenal for him is not cash cow. If you remember, he bought uh, the shares from uh, the guys uh, Danny Fisman and uh, Fryer and all others in uh, 2011 for reportedly 400 million pounds. Uh, also, they the say that uh, he got a facility, financial facility from one of uh, German banks, presumably Deutsche Bank, but also doesn't matter for this purchase. If we can imagine the interest of the bank, uh, okay, let's say it would be very loyal interest, 3% a year. From 400 million, you have to pay 12 million a year interest. And last seven years means that Kronke should take from the club around 84 million pounds only to pay interest for purchasing the club. We all know that Kronke didn't take this money from the club. It means that any other business pay this interest for Arsenal. This is absolutely, absolutely not a business story. So it's you're saying the interest is being paid from Kroenke's other ventures? No, yes, of course. Right. Of course. I don't know which one, doesn't matter. But uh, listen, uh, did he take from Arsenal 84, 85 no. million pounds? Definitely not. No. So somebody paid it. Yeah. 
then the question is, so why he needs Arsenal if it's not a business for him? And in my view, he gave this answer seven years ago in uh, September after um, Old Trafford disaster. And he said that he is here for Arsene Wenger to work for life. So Mr. Kronke has a mission to keep Arsene Wenger a job for his life. Yes, but I mean, talk is cheap, Ivan. I mean, he's obviously going to back uh, the manager while he's in the job. But the reality is that all owners will state the same message until they decide to get rid of them. Um, so, yes, I agree Kroenke uh, has made all the right noises as far as Arsene Wenger is concerned. But what interests me and what makes me optimistic about change is that ultimately the the figures don't lie. Arsenal are going to make less money this season and if they don't make Champions League they're going to make uh, less money next season. Income will fall uh, from obviously from, from broadcast uh, revenue but also when the club come to do their deal for the next kit manufacturer replacing Puma uh, they're they're not going to be able to get the same kind of sums they would if they were not taking part in the Champions League so the only way to make up that shortfall is to sell players and make the team less competitive and it's a downward spiral from there so even though Kroenke may be loyal to Wenger, and I believe that's the reason he was given the current deal, surely what Kroenke is interested in is the balance books and what's happening financially with his investment. And he will see that there is no real positive justification for retaining uh, Arsene Wenger any longer why Why would he continue if it's going to make no difference getting another guy in who might actually improve the situation because Arsenal are not going to be relegated the only real issue is I mean the Europa League is, is, is you can see by the teams that the managers feel in that competition from England anyway that it's not significant so it's Champions League or nothing so what's the difference, you know, if you've got to have, be out of Champions League, you might as well try a different manager. Yes, but the question is, what is Kronke's motivation in keeping well, I, the club? I believe, I believe it's, it's the value of the club. Why, it, he, why he needs value to sell? Well, ultimately, he, he, he'll always say, I'm not selling. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's his mantra. Yes. Yeah, and then until he needs to sell it. And now he's never going to say, I'm going to sell. This is just a negotiating position. Um, everything has a price. And I believe that words can be pretty meaningless when, you know, ultimately money becomes more important. Now, Kroenke probably thinks, you know, that this is a long-term investment going to be handed over to his son. But circumstances change and talk is cheap. Uh, and, and, and reality is that people can say a lot of things and then do something different 
when when the time comes. So you know, although I appreciate Cronky's track record has not been as a a seller of any of his uh, teams, this is unusual because it's not in America. He has no real interest in the game. His interest in Arsenal, I believe, is as, as a financial investment. He got involved because he could see the potential for the growth. One of the things he's most excited about is, for example, um, the continent of Africa, you know, getting up to speed online because that means that market will open up for more income for Premier League matches. So he's, he's looking at it financially and um, on that level... You know, he, he could easily sell the club for financial reasons. He's, he's not bothered about the sport of, of football. He doesn't care about football. He doesn't understand the game. What's, what matters to him is, is the balance books, uh, the, the, the value of his investment. And at what point, he, if he needs money, it would be good to sell. And so I don't think... I think his criteria for retaining a manager ultimately will be financial and Wenger has been delivering up until last season and now he's he's in decline financially you know the club are on a downward path unless Wenger turns it around he's been given the opportunity to do that with a two-year deal but my own view is that if he can't get the club back into Champions League by the end of this season that's two seasons out of the competition. What's the point in giving him another year? Is third time lucky? It's, 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 something needs to change the direction of the club. And my optimism at this end is based on the changes going on behind the scenes. So tell me what your opinion is of these new guys coming in from Borussia Dortmund for the scouting and from Barcelona to oversee the football operations. What do you make of that? Um, we are talking on Wednesday before the Aubameyang um, deal is uh, officially declared. Yes. So, but let's say, okay, Aubameyang is uh, in Arsenal. Let's say. We are not sure, but okay. 90% that it will. But the style of uh, buying Aubameyang is a panic buy. Is nothing new. We have seen many times, and for example, with Andre Arshan, was absolutely the same story. All January they were talking about uh, Arshavin. Gazidis was in St. Petersburg in Russia. Arshavin flew to airport at the last day, and nobody knows uh, will it happen or not. What we have heard from um, Mr. Zork from Dortmund when he said that we have a certain parameters and if Arsenal meet these parameters, we would sell. It means that Arsenal didn't want to meet these parameters of this deal and uh, tried to negotiate all the time. Uh, the big clubs doesn't behave like that in the market. The big companies doesn't behave like that because if you need a player during championship, you play the game all the time, one or twice a week. You're losing, you are losing points all the time. 
and you need a player uh, which can help you to get more points. In this situation, you pay what they ask, take the player, and said, okay, you have a time to get a, re a replacement. If you are telling me that new guys change, uh, change the situation in Arsenal, definitely it's not. So we have uh, Aubameyang deal in Wenger style, absolutely. Uh, we have a uh, exchange uh, Sanchez versus um, Hitarian. And we have, as far as we understand, selling uh, Giroud to Chelsea in order uh, but Shuaí would be allowed to go to Dortmund. In my view, this is absolutely... Um, I'm trying to find a soft word. Absolutely unacceptable. You can't work in this way. If you need a player, you buy and take the player and work with the player inside your team. Uh, I don't know what will happen when Sanlihi will come tomorrow. I don't know. But for today, nothing has changed. Absolutely nothing. It's the same old story when Wenger decides everything. Wenger stops any contact if he doesn't want it. And Wenger is uh, ruling everything. In, in this story... Normal football club can't live. You can't live in it. The results on transfer market, generally speaking, in uh, January is awful. Awful, Kevin. Uh, my personal view that um, the exchange Sanchez to Mkhitaryan is betrayal and abuse. Abuse to those fans at least who remember that 50th game, that Mike Riley's refereeing, and that uh, Mancunian's behavior at that day. It's an abuse. Uh, the selling of Van Persie was an abuse. Change Sanchez to Mkhitaryan is a bigger abuse because you don't get money, but you get a definite flop from Manchester United. Uh, who is not adapted to Premier League, and nobody knows will he adapt at Arsenal, but the story, the history of uh, Dortmund players in Premier League tells us that there are few chances for adaptation. It's also, if we are talking on Aubameyang too, because Kagawa, because of Mkhitaryan, uh, let's uh, talk on Arsenal. We have a Jaka from um, yeah. Germany, from Germany, Mönchengladbach, who was who was good in Germany, as they say. Hmm. But I am sorry, Jaka is not a granite hmm. in reality. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that uh, German Championship is the place where you can buy top players for England. They can be top players for Germany, of course, but I'm not sure that it works uh, in terms of uh, English uh, Premier League. So the story with transfers, uh, in my view, in my view, absolutely unacceptable. It has to be changed, of course. And there were talkings about changes, about new guys. But what I have seen from now is that one scout rolling changed to another scout, Miss Lintat, 
and one negotiator Diklo changed to another uh, negotiator um, Sanlehi. That's it. The style of working at transfer market is absolutely the same, which means that Arsene Wenger in charge of all aspects of transfer activity. Right. Well, I, I've got I've got to uh, counter that, uh, Ivan. Um, <coughs> the young Greek defender who came at the beginning of the window. Um, Wenger had never heard of him. Wenger had nothing to do with his arrival. Mm-hmm. Wenger was presented with this player, who was a mislintat uh, find, and Wenger immediately said, this player is going out on loan. Mm-hmm. Wenger then saw the player in training and changed his mind. He put him on the bench for the first leg of the League Cup semi-final at Chelsea. So uh, this is an example whereby, in my view, uh, what is now happening is that uh, Arsene Wenger is certainly with the major signing uh, consulted in, on the level of would you like this player. Um, but in terms of young players, future players, I think that's taken out of his hands now because I do believe that this is his final contract. I do not think there will be any renewal. Um, the only question, as far as I'm concerned, is whether or not he does next season. Um, and the other thing to mention about the recent negotiations is that, uh, although, yes, I agree, it, it does have the hallmark of a classic Wenger negotiation. What actually happened here was uh, Ivan Gazidis was leading the transfer negotiations, a job he's not very good at and never really has performed well but that is the reason we're bringing in the guy from Barcelona and as of the summer the Barcelona guy will be doing the deals and doing them I would imagine a lot more efficiently um, than there has been in the past because what's happening now is penny pinching Arsenal trying to save a few million here a couple of weeks wages for Obama Yang there that they're just effectively doing what they always used to do, which is scrimping around for for pennies. But if they have ambition, and I don't believe that the uh, director, the the Barcelona director of football has moved to Arsenal to be micromanaged by Arsene Wenger, and I don't think he's moved here with the thought that he's going to be working at a club that doesn't have ambition, then I think we will begin to see Arsenal flex the financial muscle they do actually have, even though they're in to pretend they haven't. The, the bottom line is they're something like the fifth richest club in the world. And I do believe they're going to have to start behaving like that. And they've, they've been held back because of the Wenger situation. So my optimism is far greater than yours because I am aware that um, Sanley will be reporting direct to Gazidis. You know, he will he will work alongside Wenger, but he won't be under him in the hierarchy. And in reality, this is just preparation for Wenger's departure when we will see a new style of, of work at the club, which is more uh, in sympathy with what other top European clubs are doing and have been doing for several years. So, yes, uh, Wenger is the fly in the ointment currently, but I, I do believe we uh, will see change, we will see progress, we will see Arsenal return to being competitive. 
under a new structure, as long as they get the right man to succeed Arsene Wenger. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin, I understand your belief. It's normal that uh, all the people want to believe in good, uh, but reality is that nothing has changed. Nothing. The same style or style of negotiation. They sell abusive transfers, abusive sellings. I'm sorry, Giroud to Chelsea is also abuse. Why would you sell Giroud to Chelsea? Why? I, well, I don't understand the reason. The, re- the reason is, presumably... No, no, you mean that uh, Dortmund need a replacement? But I'm yeah, sorry, I'm sorry, it's not my problem. Pay the Dortmund what you want to Dortmund uh, 1st of January, take Aubameyang, and let Dortmund uh, find a replacement by themselves. Okay. Why well, you ha- why you have to be involved in this story? I don't understand. Well, it it uh, that does come down to the penny pinching. You know, that's that's what that is. It's trying to save money. So, uh, yes, we agree there. Um you know, whether or not um Arsenal are able to act in the way Manchester United and Manchester City and Chelsea do by just paying the money. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to think they can. Um, But I suspect what will need to happen is that they will have to shift some of the playing budget away from the wage bill, which, considering the quality of the club, is far too high. There There are players which are being severely overpaid. And Giroud may be one of those, considering what he's actually contributing to the team now. So the, 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 this is all planning ahead. How old is Giroud? Is he 31? You know, they're, they're, they're basically thinking, what is our team going to look like when Wenger goes? And, and, and what's, what handicap are we going to burden the next guy with? And if they can see Giroud is just going to be a, a marginal contributor on, on huge wages then get shot of him. It's, it's, if they don't plan to use him, and they haven't this season. You know, in the Premier League, he's come on a few times, but how many goals has he scored? His concentration has waned. Kevin, Kevin, you are trying to mix the financial question and football question. We are not talking uh, um, on Giroud as a, a player. Tell me, uh, how much uh, Giroud is on? I, I'd imagine his wages are... I'm speculating here around about a hundred thousand a week. Hundred thousand a week. In the current market, this is not huge wage. First, second. Uh, do you think that Giroud uh, and Lacazette is a different quality? Um, in I terms believe- of today, in terms of today, we don't know what will happen tomorrow. But if, in terms of today. Well, uh, can you Lacazette, justify Lacazette playing ahead of Giroud? It's it's fifty fifty. Fifty fifty. Okay, so it's a football problem. You are talking that Giroud can't give us the good statistics and good goals, but but Giroud is not playing enough compared to Lacazette. I'm not against Lacazette, but if you try to compare the time Giroud is playing and Lacazette is playing. Giroud saved Wenger a huge amount of points, points last year. Giroud repeated, you understand, the record for the players who scored from the bench. Yes. And he is an equal with Sulcher, mm-hmm. 18 goals. 
So it's a question of uh, the coach who doesn't allow him to play, in my view. Mm. But okay, football story is a football story. Uh, the um, coach has a right to choose the player and to say, okay, you will play, you will not. It's his uh, priority, but only if he is responsible at the end of the season for the result. And we all know that Arsene Wenger is not responsible for any results. Even if Arsenal will be 15th place, he will not be going to say goodbye, definitely. And uh, he will be preparing for next season, for building new team. So this is uh, the main problem. The, uh, if you are talking about wages, there must be special department. Who is talking on wages? Who is negotiating the deals? Who is taking finances? And the coach must coach the team, prepare the team to the matches. The only club where is manager, as a manager exists, is Arsenal. Mourinho, in fact, uh, cannot buy by himself, don't negotiate with the players on wages, Conte, uh, uh, Klopp, nobody can now. Sir Alex Ferguson could, but nobody can now except Arsene Wenger. So it's the last century for so-called managers. And as far as I understand, the era of the managers is finished because it's a wrong system of management. And that's it. If you are a specialist in football, you're working in a football team. If you are a specialist in finance, you're working in finance department. In my view, Arsene Wenger is not a specialist in finance and uh, is not a specialist in modern football. He was a specialist in old football, but he is absolutely not a specialist now. And there are a lot of guys who is ready to, um, to replace him. I don't know. It's, it's obvious. It's absolutely obvious. You don't need even top names. We, uh, we have seen yesterday... Uh, the Portuguese guy, Carvalho, who came to Swansea and in three weeks he changed the team. Three weeks. What is needed to change the team if you are a real professional? You don't need 21 years. You need three weeks. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, it does need freshening up. Um, but let me put it to you like this. Do you think Arsene Wenger had any input into the decisions to bring Mislintat to the club and to bring Sanley to the club? I don't know. If, if, if he is. But I'm sure, I'm sure that the power of Arsene Wenger is absolutely the same as it was before. That's it. He do you, do is in charge of everything. Do you believe me when I told you he, he had nothing to do with the arrival of the Greek defender? No, I believe, of course, because this is not the first player. He has nothing to do. Situation with Arshavin was exactly the same. Wenger was in London. Gazidis was in Russia. It was absolutely the same situation. And Wenger demonstrated to, all, to, to the whole world that he doesn't need this player. Yes. Now, 
what's what's what was the Russian view on Arshavin's treatment at uh, at Arsenal? My personal view that Wenger has a huge responsibility for Arshavin. Arshavin didn't perform like he could. And uh, he was rotten, of course, in Arsenal by Arsene Wenger, uh, because Wenger wants to play Ramsey at uh, Archeron's position. Of course, of course, uh, there are some, there is some uh, guilt from uh, the Russian player, definitely, because he's not easy guy. But uh, my friend, nobody uh, of big players are, are simple guys. Simple guy may be uh, Iwobi who is not a player at all, in my view. Yes, and I understand that uh, Wenger is in comfort uh, in working with him. But I'm sorry, with big characters, uh, Wenger cannot handle. And the story with Sanchez, obvious story, because Sanchez was the best player I've seen in 21st century in Arsenal uh, shot. Of course, yeah. not the best, but one of the best, but definitely the best sporting character. Absolutely. Yeah. So okay. He wants to win. Yes. Yes, it's particularly damning that um, after having bought the likes of Sanchez and Ozil, the chances are these players want to move on because they their football ambitions are not being satisfied at Arsenal. It's... Uh, it's it's something that you just cannot ignore. Um, Absolutely, as, as a, a, a condemnation of the way the club has been allowed to drift. Um, so, I mean, let's talk about um, the Premier League generally, because I'm aware you don't just watch Arsenal matches; you, you enjoy other teams. Um, so. Just tell me what you make of Manchester City this season. How do they compare with um, other great teams? Because it does look like Guardiola has got it right this season and certainly they will win the domestic title. But they they could win more trophies as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, today's 20... Uh, 24 games they have played. But Kevin, imagine for one second then in May Manchester City will not take a title. Just imagine. Okay. What will happen with Guardiola? I th- I think there's a good chance they would uh, get rid of him. Absolutely. So Guardiola will be hero at the end of May only. Now, okay, end of January. Man City is a very good team and I like the style they're playing today and uh, I'm happy they are not invincible and I supported Liverpool, I have to confess. I supported everybody, Crystal Palace, everybody who could do it. And uh, finally, uh, it's done. It's very good. But to access the situation with Pep Guardiola and Manchester City, we need to wait for the end of the season. The result in Champions League is important. The final, the League Cup final is important for him, obviously, because he, he wins nothing still, still. And 
Okay, it looks like he did a fantastic job, but we need to wait for Remain. Okay. All right, so too early to uh, pass judgment. Absolutely. Um, Judge me in May, you remember. Yes, indeed. indeed. Although, when there's a guilty verdict, nothing's yeah, yeah. going to happen. Yes. Yes. There we are. Um, so, I mean, do you, given that Manchester City are seemingly running away with uh, the title, has, has it been an interesting season for you as an observer of the Premier League? Listen, the season is very interesting, uh, a lot of in local intrigues, and I believe it will be very interesting fighting for the relegation okay. this, this season. Mm. In my view, it, uh, 12 teams will be involved, wow. a, as it stands now, mm. including Everton, of course, right. which we played next game. And uh, also, I think that uh, maybe, maybe there will be uh, some fight for top four, but 100% that Arsenal will not take part in this fighting mm. because there, is, uh, there are 13 games to go and Arsenal has 8.5 points from fourth place uh, because of the goal difference. And I don't see how Arsenal would be able to catch Liverpool because from these 13 games, Arsenal and Liverpool both have three big games and 10 games with underdogs. So the schedule is more or less the same. Uh, I don't see how Arsenal can cover nine points. In my view, it's impossible. Hmm. Uh, The only possibility, maybe, is that Chelsea will have a problems. Maybe, maybe, but so I don't think also. Okay. In my view, top four is definitely clear today without Tottenham and Arsenal. Right. And uh, do you think that Arsenal will have any chance of uh, getting to the Europa League final? Yes, I think that uh, any chance the question is, what is this chance? It definitely depends on uh, opposite sides. But what I'm sure that in Sweden, in February, in Sweden, Arsenal will not win. Mm. Okay. I'm not sure about two legs, uh, that uh, it depends on Swedish more. But in Sweden, Arsenal will not win because the team is not bad. Swedish, and they will be cold, which Arsenal don't like. And uh, the style of play of Swedish team, Arsenal also don't like. Mm. So it will be a difficult, difficult story with this Swedish team. Mm. Östersund. So let's see after Östersund. If we pass Östersund, then we will understand who will play because there are some teams from Champions League as you remember yes indeed Indeed. including Borussia Dortmund yes indeed and that I think means Alabama Young if he is signed will not be able to play uh, for Arsenal in in Europe so uh, that's uh, a bit unfortunate there Um, will be there will be uh, only problem is uh, if uh, we will be with Borussia uh, together 
but what I think that uh, German teams uh, today, it's, it's a very good draw. It's a very good draw. So I'm not sure Arsenal will pass Östersund, mm. but I will sure that Arsenal will pass Borussia Dortmund. No, okay. All right. You can you can see um, the results of uh, German team in Europa League. Oh, so there were three three uh, three teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them, Hertha and Hoffenheim, uh, was on the last position in the group, and Köln in our group was third ahead of Bate. Oh really? Okay. So yes. The Red Star got- yes. So the German championships is is a good draw. Nice. Okay. And, I mean, if you're going to predict matches, how do you see the Carabao Cup final going at the end of February? Listen, it's a strange story. Uh, Arsenal now is a team who cannot perform consistently well, but um, it can produce some good matches. Right. For example, like like cup final, like cup semi final, and maybe like uh, even like uh, semi final versus Chelsea this month, hmm. the second one. So I can imagine that Guardiola will be very worrying because it can be his first title in England. I understand that Manchester City doesn't like to play with Arsenal. I don't know why. Maybe historically. With Mancini also. So I can imagine that there will be a serious game. Um, But uh, for me, for me, League Cup is good, is okay, but it cannot save our season. No. And uh, let me just uh, move into the realms of fantasy for a moment and imagine, let's say, that... uh, Arsene Wenger had a terrible car accident at the end of May and he wasn't able to continue. Who would you like uh, to be the next manager at Arsenal from the likely available candidates? It's a very simple question because I don't believe he will leave in May uh, 18th. I don't... uh, I believe he will leave in May 19th. So now I would accept everybody. <laughs> everybody. Because we need a change. Right. We just need a change first. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about Eddie Howe, of course. Of course. And to be honest, I, I don't want Eddie Howe at Arsenal. Mm. But if you will say me that this is the only way to send Wenger out of the club. I will say, yes, okay. Okay. Uh, what do you make of s- stories, for example, about uh, Carlo Ancelotti uh, taking over? I mean, do, do you think he would be a good uh, choice? Absolutely, yes, but I don't believe that there will be possibility to him. Right. Of course, Carlo Ancelotti is good. Antonio Conte is also good. So, I believe there are a lot of managers we can discuss that everybody will be good. The story is uh, about Wenger. Uh, uh, you know, there is a, pro- a protest planning on uh, Saturday. Yes. And um, 
two slogans, Wenger out and Kronke out, and there is a discussion which slogan must be first. What I think that if Arsene Wenger leaves the club, then Stan Kronke would consider selling the club because his mission will be finished. He doesn't have Arsene Wenger to keep in the club anymore. So, uh, Wenger out means that very soon the Kronke also will be out, in my view. And the main problem in the club is Mr. Wenger. And Kevin, um, you know that there are a lot of uh, journalists talking on Arsene Wenger legacy. Mm. Um, I don't know what does it mean Arsene Wenger legacy except three titles and invincibles of course but if we are talking that legacy is titles and invincible season there is no reason to discuss it because it's undiscussable Uh, so what else legacy Um, what do you think well I mean people talk about uh, the new stadium uh, okay, so so okay, let's discuss. So Wenger built a new stadium. It's a question. Well, there is there is a version of history whereby Arsenal would not have been able to move from Highbury without the success they achieved under Wenger in the first ten years, and there's a, a, a theory that uh, Arsenal could not have afforded to manage the repayments unless Wenger kept the team in the Champions League, which is a nonsense. But, absolutely. You know, it's a, absolute nonsense. It's what people talk about and believe, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so, so new stadium is a legacy. And uh, when you write your articles, Kevin, uh, you write the name of your stadium as E hmm. and then S at the end. Yes. So... Yes. If you if you uh, try to make a poll to the Gunas, would you like to come back to Highbury? No, no. Do you have any doubts in result? No. No. So, new stadium is not a legacy. Mm. Yes, well, especially... What, what, what else? The, well, uh, there is an argument that um, the Arsenal brand now... Uh, is linked heavily to the style of play that we've developed under Wenger. And we have seen this style of play yesterday in Bournemouth, well, in Nottingham. It is a, it's obviously a myth. That, Absolutely. Uh, it, it what else? Um, well, you're asking someone who doesn't believe in any of it. <laughs> so difficult for me to think of more examples. But he did win, you know, they, they say he won whatever it is, six or seven FA Cups. Uh, Yes, okay, titles and trophies is not a question to discuss. So, you don't need to discuss it. No, But the people is discussing. Every week, there is a discussion that Arsene Wenger can damage his legacy. You can't can't damage your titles. Yes, this is true. I think reputation is probably a better word. Uh, And if if reputation is already damaged beyond repair, um, you know, people... respect him in the way they, they respect someone like they used to respect the Queen Mother in this country. <laughs> someone who's so old and doddery that uh, it would be impolite to uh, have a go at them. But uh, mm-hmm. there we are. So do you remember the poll I asked you? Yes. At the beginning. Indeed I do. So once again, if you 
uh, will be um, told that Arsenal in next eight season will take following position. 1-4-1-4-10-4-12-5. and five. Will you accept it, Kevin? I would accept that, yes. You would accept it. Yes. Me too. And uh, we had uh, this poll inside our community. 83% mm-hmm. said yes. Okay. This is uh, not a strange figure, Kevin. Mm-hmm. This is a figures, a positions which Arsenal uh, got before Wenger comes from 1989 till 1986. Yeah. It means that legacy, Wenger's legacy, is a total myth. Okay. The people want to come back to the years before Wenger comes. Right. Okay. I like it. Um, All right. Well, we've been chatting for over an hour, so we'll just wrap up with something which may be of interest to uh, football fans generally, not just Arsenal fans here. Um, But the World Cup will be taking place in Russia uh, next summer. Um, What's the feeling over there? I mean, are are the stadiums all ready? Uh, What's what's the infrastructure like in terms of the hotels, transport? Is is Russia, you know, ready to, to host the World Cup? I believe mostly yes, um, because the government took a serious part in uh, these constructions. Um, the main question, as far as I understand, uh, the people ask me from abroad is about security. Mm-hmm. But I am absolutely sure that uh, no serious incident will take place because um, uh, Russia has a big experience in uh, big competitions, in organizing big competitions. Uh, so I don't think there will be any problems uh, on this uh, side, unless you are personally want to get to, in the trouble, of course. Mm, okay. Uh, so um, there are special trains uh, between the cities free of charge, for mm-hmm. example, between Moscow and St. Petersburg, uh, you can uh, go through the night free of charge. You need to get a ticket, of course, mm-hmm. uh, on the website, but it's free. So uh, some some things will be new, maybe, to World Cups. But what I have to say to the people who is going to visit is that uh, they need to make fun ideal. It's a special idea. You do it through internet because without fan ID, you cannot take um, uh, tickets to uh, free uh, trains. And also fan ID is your visa. So if you get fan ID, you don't need visa to enter to Russia. This is uh, very convenient to the to those who want to visit World Cup. So... Generally speaking, I don't think that you can expect any kind of problems. No, except for usual ones, small ones. Okay. All right. So basically, if if supporters are following England, do you think there'll be any chance of a repeat of the scenes we saw in the south of France uh, at the Euros? I don't think there is a chance because um, there will be Russian territory and Russian police will be in action to prevent 
all these possibilities. So I'm sure. Now, if you want to find the trouble in any country, finally you will find it. Right. But only in this way. Okay. All right. Well, uh, on that note, um, we're going to wrap up uh, now, Ivan. So can I just say many thanks for your time and your opinions? Um, I will... uh, I will get the uh, address of your blog and because we obviously have the ability to translate uh, websites uh, these days. So people, if they're interested, can have a look on your, uh, on, on the Russian uh, thoughts on uh, Arsenal matters. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll run that uh, on the, the website uh, when I post this uh, podcast. So people Thank you very much, Kevin, and thank you for invitation, and thank you for all listeners for their patience. And uh, maybe we'll speak again when when something has changed. Reason <laughs> <laughs> to uh, look hopefully, at hopefully. new areas. <laughs> in your view, that might not be for a few years, but uh, we live in hope. All right, thank you very much, Ivan, and uh, thanks to all our listeners for uh, listening. This is Kevin Witcher with a special edition of the Guna Podcast. We'll be back with a more normal one towards the uh, latter half of uh, February. Until then, thank you very much for listening.